Welcome to Live Prayer. I am Bill Keller. Good to be with you on this Friday evening. I pray you had a wonderful day today. It is good to be back together with you once again to close out another week of programming. If you're new to the program, you're watching Live Prayer. We come to you live in living color every Monday through Friday, 11 to midnight Eastern Standard Time. And wherever you may be watching me tonight, all throughout this great land of ours, from sea to shining sea, from border to border, Thank you for tuning in. Friends in other far-off great lands, welcome to you as well. Once again, I'm Bill Keller, founder of LivePrayer.com, world's largest interactive Christian website. Reach a little over two and a half million folks each and every day via the internet. Please check us out online. Web address coming up on your screen, LivePrayer.com, LivePrayer.com. So, pray you had a good Friday as we are at the end of another week where the days went i don't know but the calendar says it's the eighth and we are literally down to the what the last 23 days of the year uh enjoy the holidays folks enjoy the holidays because once we get out of these holidays we start literally a daily countdown and uh all i can ask you to do is do your part. Pray every day. Be verbal with people around you as far as your faith. Don't be afraid to share Jesus with people. Let me tell you something. We're finding out over these last six months, more and more people are coming to us every day with not even specific prayer requests, just people that are upset, that know things aren't right, that have a gut feeling that things are going to become very different in these coming months as we lead up to the election in November. And um, But we Christians, we hold the key to this election, okay? Donald Trump, Biden, Gavin, whoever it is on the other side, those are just the, uh, those are just the temporal players, okay? This is, a, this is a spiritual issue that we're dealing with. And spiritual issues are only uh, won uh, by spiritual means. Amen? So, enjoy these next 20-some days as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and welcome in a new year. Four things I ask you to do for me each night of the program. First, pray for me and the program. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it more than you know. Second, as you're with people maybe you don't see throughout the year, encourage them to sign up to get the free live prayer daily devotional. Written it every day over 24 years now. It's in their email every morning. It's free. Great way to start the day. Stay connected with the Lord on a daily basis. Just go to my homepage, up right-hand corner. Click on the sign-up link. couple pieces of basic information. Very easy process. I'll be ready to go. Third, of course, is this TV program. Again, as you're with people maybe you don't see throughout the year, 
tell them to watch the program. I understand this isn't for everybody. Uh, matter of fact, to be honest with you, I'm sometimes surprised at the size of the audience because I know this is a tough program. But you know, the truth is tough. The reality of this fallen world is tough. But if we're not prepared to take it head on, how are we ever going to see victories, right? You got to fight to have victories. You can't sit in your basement and expect victories to come. You got to be on the battlefield fighting. And the battlefield of, of knowledge, the battlefield of, of uh, understanding what's going on in the world, the battlefield of information. It's one of the greatest battlefields there are. And you can't fight a victorious war on the battlefield unless you first have a game plan. And you can't have an effective game plan without information, right? I mean, if you study the, the, uh, the uh, Revolutionary War, how did Washington take a ragtag bunch of farmers and defeat the greatest military uh, army in the world? Now, obviously, lots of divine providence. I get all that. But there was also a lot of strategy. The stories of the spies during the Revolutionary War, George Washington spies, those are some fantastic, real stories. And as you understand how they fit into that war effort, you realize how critical information is. Knowing what your opponent's doing, being able to you know, uh, make maneuvers that put your opponent at a disadvantage, but you can't do that without what? Information, right? So share the program with people, okay? Lastly, of course, if this ministry has been a blessing to you as we wind down the last 20-some days of December, please pray about a special year-end gift to live prayer. Of course, all your uh, gifts to live prayer are 100% tax deductible. And the beautiful thing is some of you may be making a choice between giving, <laughs> paying taxes or taking a write-off. Don't give that money to the government, please, please. You know what they're going to do with it. Take that money, give it to live prayer, take your tax deduction, because you know what we're going to do with it too. We're going to bring God's truth to the masses and we're going to see souls one to faith in Jesus. All right, so pray about helping me if you can these last 20 some days. And again, upper right-hand corner, there's a donation link. Click on it, gives you my address in St. Petersburg, Florida, as well as a link to our credit card portal if that's more convenient. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful time. Thank you for this wonderful day. I'm so grateful that we have this opportunity to gather together in your name. Thank you for my friends who are with me tonight. I pray for them. I pray for their families. I pray your blessings be upon them. Thank you now, Lord, for the uh, this day that we've enjoyed, the blessings we've enjoyed throughout, and now we commit this hour to you. Speak to our hearts. Help us to understand all that we need to know. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Um, quick announcement. We may have some people that normally watch us on Twitter that aren't watching us on Twitter tonight. That's because they said I said something they didn't like. Now, 
even though you've got the new, you, you know, I gotta be honest with you. During the old days of Jack Smith, we never had any blocks or anything, but we've been getting a lot of blocks lately. And um, of course I know why. And that's why we never put all of our, you know, as they say, eggs in one basket. You know, if Twitter goes away, just like we were on YouTube for 15 years. And then all of a sudden they decided they didn't like what I was saying. They called what I said, hate speech and blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. So we don't, we're not on YouTube. That's fine. You know, that's why I never invested in any of these platforms because I only, we have our own platform that we control 100%. Okay. And, uh, but, you know, obviously we're going to use every other outlet we can get on. And, uh, like Facebook and Gab and Getter and Truth Social and all, all of them. We're on all of them. And, uh, you know, if one of them decides they don't like my content, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. So for any of our friends that might be on Twitter that are watching us on another one of our platforms tonight, that's what happened. I think it's a seven-day timeout. So uh, we'll be back on Twitter Live next Friday. I did appeal the... Uh, the uh, thing, but that, you know, that never, they don't want to hear that. All right, let's get started. We've got a lot of content to hit tonight. Uh, there's a new documentary coming out. I See, I've been setting the stage for you really for the last week, since last Friday. I started every night set the stage for you that over the next 11 months, you're going to have two consistent drum beats every day. One drum beat, of course, is going to be the hate Trump drum beat. And they've literally taken it now to the ultimate level where it's not just hate Trump, but he's Hitler. And at the end of the day, Hitler probably deserves to die. Okay. I mean, they're, they, they've literally gone all the way. I told you two years ago they were going to do this. But the other drum beat they're hitting is on Christians. And a, good, and a big reason for that is they're trying to intimidate Christians into not supporting Trump. Uh, if you're a real Christian, how can you support this monster? You're supporting Putin. But in the process, they're going to hit us with this Christian nationalism nonsense. They're going to hit us hard with, um, you know, this whole fact that Christians are dangerous to the Republic. Well, there's a new documentary coming out on Christian nationalism. And again, it, it portrays us as violent extremists. Okay. Now, the people who claim to be Christians that are attacking biblical Christians as extremists, violent extremists, okay, these are, these are the Christians that are part of the fake church that is okay with abortion, they're okay with, you know, gay marriage, and they're okay, and they push climate change and all this. I mean, you'd think you were at a democratic rally going to these churches, all right? So just I'm just letting you know what is out there because you've got the mainstream media that hates people of faith to begin with, but they are pushing hard uh, against biblical Christians, evangelicals, people who actually believe and live by God's word, all right? 
So now, I will say this: there's a new song out. I'll put the uh, links up to it on uh, all my platforms. Um, yeah, let me let me let me write myself a note real quick. Can I do that? Uh, link video to all platforms. Okay. Sorry, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to be rude, but, you know, I, I got to tell you something. Um, I've always had so much going on that I needed to write things down, but um, that's especially true now uh, at this point in time in my life. So, <laughs> now... There is a video. I will post the links to all my platforms, however you're watching me. It will be on all my platforms tomorrow sometime. And uh, it's a new song out by a woman named Nograde, Nicole Nograde. And the name of the song is Modern Day Holy War. I got to be honest with you. The song's okay. I mean, it's all right. Not the greatest song. But it's a music video. And it's the video that you need to pay attention to because it was done masterfully. It's real. Now, I, 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 I want to explain this real quick because it does have a lot of scenes of, you know, Christian warriors. And, uh, and to be blunt with you, this is, I, I'm just telling you, this is going to play in a little bit to this narrative that's out there now that. You know, we're looking to take up arms and we're looking to, you know, take this country by physical force. Don't forget, the reason Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus was because he was taking the words of Christ. You know, Judas was not just one of the 12. He was the treasurer, okay? He was the treasurer, he had a position, and he you know, was with Jesus for roughly three years. But he listened to the words of Jesus, and he was not equating those words spiritually. He was equating those words in terms of uh, the here and now as part of this temporal world, okay? Judas missed the message altogether. You know, Jesus talked a lot about, uh, you know, fighting for our faith and the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And, and, and Judas was taking all of this in and not understanding that Jesus was speaking in spiritual sense. He thought it was in a practical right now sense basically overthrowing Rome and establishment, establishing, you know, an earthly kingdom. And when he finally realized that Jesus wasn't talking, that's not what he meant at all, that's when he got mad and betrayed him. So, um, again, the video on this song is, is why it's what makes it worth it. But it is going to play a little bit in that narrative. I, I can I can see MSNBC and playing that video. Say, see, see, they're going to be on horses with swords and 
They're going to come take the country by force? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, we're also um, anybody that happens to support Donald Trump is also referred to as part of a cult. And I was reading some things today, and number one, that's, again, just pure narrative. It's not true. But I will tell you what, I'll tell you who are, what people are part of a cult. They've even got their own little name. They're called Swifties. Now, on the surface, I could care less about Taylor Swift, time, person, a year. But when you command social media platforms with two to three hundred million people following you, you cannot ignore that, folks. And I got to tell you something. As of this moment, I'm probably more concerned about what effect Taylor Swift is going to have on the 24 election than that demon lawyer, Mark Elias. I'm being very honest with you. Because Swift has followers, a, a good chunk of them, that aren't voters. They don't vote. In other words, these are people that would never show up in a poll. I mean, once she gets once she gets 10 of them, 10 million of them, which isn't that big of a number, to go register and vote for who the Democrat is. I, I, I've told you a hundred times, as this as these next eleven months unfold, it's going to be a real roller coaster. There's going to be lots of twists and turns. There's going to be a lot of variables. You know, again, you got the third parties: Robert Kennedy Jr., Cornell West, uh, Stein, okay, with the Green Party, Jill Stein with the Green Party. Uh, how are they going to play in? At actually. Stein and West, any votes they get are coming out of the Democratic pocket because nobody voting for Stein or West are Trump people, 1%, okay? So any votes they get are going to hurt the Democrats. Kennedy, everything I'm hearing from some very sophisticated polling people is probably going to be a 50-50 break. In other words, whatever votes he gets, He's going to pull 50%. He's going to pull from Trump and 50% he's going to pull from the Democrats. And that's fine. But these are still wild cards. These are still variables out there. Don't forget, people don't talk about it enough. Jill Stein, of all people, was one of the huge reasons Donald Trump became president in 2016. He won by those thin margins, and those thin margins... In those key swing states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, those places, the difference was the the votes Jill Stein pulled out of those states that would have gone to Hillary. And of course, probably one of the most uh, recent third party uh, candidates that made a difference was Ross Perot. Bill Clinton would not have been president without Ross Perot in uh, in ninety two. Ross Perot took a lot of votes from H uh, W Daddy Bush, and Clinton. Clinton I don't even think Clinton got forty five percent. I think maybe forty three percent. 
But he won the presidency for, because of the amount of votes Perot uh, was able to garner and how a good chunk of those were coming out of uh, Bush's uh, back pocket. So there's going to be a lot, but I'm just telling you, and I have not heard anybody with a big national platform talking about this yet, and they really need to, and I don't know what the counterbalance to this SWIFT thing is, but they, but they cannot ignore this, and they better be thinking about it. Uh, because while they love to call people that follow Trump a cult, you want to talk about Trump, you want to talk about cult, people that follow this Swift woman, they're a cult. And by the way, she's from uh, northeastern Pennsylvania, very, you know, average roots, um, claims to be a Christian, and only God knows her heart, but I can tell you based on what she believes and what she articulates to these hundreds of millions of people that follow her. She's not articulating any Christianity that I'm familiar with because the Christianity I know does not include killing innocent babies, which she supports, does not include uh, the sin of homosexuality, which she supports, does not include gay marriage, which she supports, okay? Again, if you're a Christian... You don't get to pick and choose what you believe. A Christian's a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if you love me, you obey me. He's talking about his word. A true Christian automatically becomes a follower of God's word. So, uh, and she's, she's, got, she's got songs out there. Um, I pulled some lyrics today on one of them that, again, is pushing gay marriage and mocks Christians that reject this perversion of God's holy institution marriage. So she can talk all she wants about being a Christian, but her 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 walk and her talk are two different things, okay? Um, very interesting. You know, yesterday, and I knew this years ago, but it's kind of just one of those things that I just never really thought about much for decades now but if you're interested in a really good story uh, Google Japanese Pearl Harbor pilot Christian evangelist if you Google that it'll come up trust me it turns out that the lead pilot on December 7th 1941 the lead pilot that led the Japanese Air Force into the bombing raids on Pearl Harbor. After the war, through incredible divine circumstances, he became a Christian. And he literally spent the last decades of his life preaching the gospel and saving souls in the United States, in Europe, in Japan. I mean, he was, a, he was a war hero in Japan. Now, I can tell you, um, they did not, I mean, they rejected him thoroughly when he converted to Christ and became an evangelist. Japanese, Japan is a very strange country. You know, it's amazing. North or South Korea embraced Christianity after the Korean War. 
And even though, like all countries, there's the, the, the younger generations aren't going to church, the rise of South Korea, okay, in the aftermath of the Korean War, I'm talking the mid-60s, really all the way through today, to be honest with you, that the rise of that country to the, uh, you know, great democracy and uh, economic power that's become, I believe is totally because of the surrender of that country from Buddhism to Christianity. Now, again, like all Christian countries, like the younger generations aren't going to church like the parents did and it's starting to wane. But, but the point being is, despite having the same uh, missionary outreaches that Korea had, Japan totally rejected Christianity. Still does to this day. I don't know what the percentage is. I think the last time I spoke on Japan and Christianity, I think it was in somewhere in the 2 to 3% range, something like that. Very low. Very low. But uh, this, the, the lead pilot, the lead Japanese pilot that led the air raid on Pearl Harbor after the war became a born-again Christian and, and an evangelist. And again, was pretty much rejected in, in his country, but spent a lot of his last couple decades of life in the U.S. and in Europe preaching the gospel and saving souls. Great story. Um, the Hunter indictment. Listen, I pretty much nailed it last night. I'll just, uh, because it is the number one story, I'll, I'll hit it again real quick. This time, again, I told you, no coincidences when you have big political events. And this is a political event. This is an illegal event. This is a political event, okay? There are no coincidences, no accidents, all right? This was done on purpose. And for what purpose? Simple. Hunter, Hunter got boxed in, and next Wednesday he's supposed to be before Congress, behind closed doors, with congressional lawyers and investigators, probably for a good 12 to 14 hours, giving a deposition. Just like they made Don Jr. and Eric and Ivanka sit for depositions on various issues, okay? And he was not going to get out of it. As much as, you know, they tried to, you know, maneuver around it. But this indictment yesterday, he's, he's got to get out a deposition-free card now. He can, he can tell Congress, listen, love to come sit for that deposition. Love to sit there and let you ask me any question you want for all the hours you want. Man, I was looking forward to it, but doggone it, I'm indicted now. And I can't talk to you because I might incriminate myself. I'm facing these criminal charges. If I do, if you do make me come, I'll be there. But I'm telling you right now, I'm going to sit there and take the fifth on every question. Now, going back on my personal experiences over 30 years ago when I had my uh, run in with the United States government, uh, I 
one of my early depositions, I took the fifth and uh, and uh, showed up. Lawyer said he's going to take the fifth. They said, I don't care. He's got to be here anyway. Okay. And normally what happens is they ask you a question, you take the fifth. They ask you another question, you take the fifth. They usually ask you three or four questions. You take the fifth. You know, I, I shouldn't remember this, but maybe it's just blacked out. You know, uh, I, I, I can't answer this question on the grounds that it might incriminate me based on the Fifth Amendment. Something like that. They, Laura gives you a little card. You read it, right? Usually after the fifth question, they ask you, is it your intention to take the fifth on every question? Yes. And then they end it, right? Because who wants to sit there and play that game? Now, I do know some people that they, because they, they can do this. I knew there were some people over the years that have had legal issues. And some of them were even criminal. Some were civil, but they're under deposition. And they sat there for five, six hours taking the fifth. I mean, they refused to let, and, and that's their prerogative. I mean, they don't have, I mean, if you're scheduled for a deposition, they can sit there and literally make you take the fifth for hour after hour after hour if they want to, you know, do that. My gut is Hunter's lawyer is going to tell Comer, listen, we're happy to show up, but my, my client's taking the fifth. Now, if you want to, you know, make him sit there and take the fifth for five minutes, for five hours, for 50 hours, that's your prerogative. I'm just telling you. And my guess is at that point, what are they going to do? They got other people that they need to depose anyway. But so this was done because don't forget the the deposition next Wednesday was going to be not not some. It's obviously it's about Hunter, but it was going to be the ultimate time to tie Hunter to his father. I mean, the media even now with with these uh, indictments on Hunter for taxes. Well, that's Hunter. That's not Joe. Um, I didn't vote for Hunter. Did you vote for Hunter? This is Hunter's problem, not Joe. They still keep to this nonsense, despite pictures, text messages, uh, audio messages, emails, bank records that conclusively show Joe Biden not only was in this up to his neck, he pretty much was the point man. He was the big guy, okay? And the deposition of Hunter on Wednesday was not so much about Hunter as much as it was tying Joe to Hunter. But that's that's done now. That's not happening. That's done. And don't forget, this all could have been they knew about all this stuff four or five years ago. Listen, there's three heroes in this in this Hunter Biden saga. Those two brave IRS whistleblowers, without them, this never we would never have had this. This never would have happened. And that federal judge in Delaware that simply asked questions about that garbage plea deal they tried to jam through the side that would have let Hunter basically walk on everything. And she blew it up. And she didn't really have to do much to blow it up. She just asked some very legitimate questions and it just fell apart like a, you know, like a silk suit in a rainstorm, right? So you've got the judge in Delaware and those two. They are true heroes. They really are. None of this would have happened without them. Um, and But again, 
from those whistleblowers. We know all this stuff. This should have, these cases should have been brought four years ago on Hunter. Definitely before the uh, 2020 election. But it was covered up. And you know who the Attorney General was during this time? And there's no way the Attorney General did not know every detail about this. I mean, you're talking about the son and the potential future president. Bill Barr, that little obese, big mouth Bill Barr, that, that, that Republican establishment. And I get people asking, well, why did Trump appoint him? Listen, the Attorney General is a Senate-confirmed position. Sure, I'm sure there's some other people Trump would have uh, loved to uh, put as Attorney General, but the Senate was never going to confirm them. And by the way, just for the record, don't forget who pretty much promoted Bill Barr to Donald Trump. Yeah, that would be Krispy Kreme himself. Just like he promoted Chris Ray. And again, same question. Ray. Well, why did he put him there? He didn't have much choice because the FBI director is a Senate confirmed position. And if Mitch McConnell looks at Trump and says, we're not confirming that guy. We'll confirm this guy. We're not confirming. You see? But Trump's been around the block now. He knows how to get, get around into that stuff. But Bill Barr was attorney general through all of this. And Ultimately, he was the guy that blocked all of the Biden family investigations. Just remember that next time you see that slobbering ghoul of a man on TV, especially when he's on there ripping Trump for this, ripping Trump for that. Um, the other day, you had these congressional hearings with these university presidents of uh, UPenn, Harvard, MIT. And they were there to talk about the anti-Semitism on these, on these campuses, especially three of the most prestigious universities in the country, MIT, Harvard, UPenn. And these three presidents sat up there and basically refused to condemn the call to destroy Israel refused to condemn the pro-Hamas demonstrations. It was unbelievable watching these women. Now, don't forget, all three of these women are basically affirmative action hires, okay? Uh, they're not great uh, academics. None, none of them are. One's black. The other two are white, but they're all women. They all have the right politics, right? Um, and they're there basically as part of this world now that doesn't think about merit. Meritocracy is no longer a, 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 a proper word. You know, it's all based on race. Gender, you know, what kind of sex you engage in. Well, the good news is from that disgusting display before Congress, all three of these women presidents at MIT, at UPenn, at Harvard, 
might be out of a job very soon. Matter of fact, UPenn is having an emergency board of trustees meeting Sunday to probably fire that woman. And rightly so. One of these universities had a donor who had committed $100 million. Listen, I don't care who you are, what world you live in, $100 million. That's a lot of money. Okay? And probably the only thing that gets the attention of these woke educators today is money. But you got to understand something. The uh, Middle East countries, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Abu Dhabi, you know, these countries pour tens of millions into U.S. universities, as does China, as do some other countries. And they've had a big influence on how these universities are run, what kind of... Uh, setting they are as far as the uh, educational curriculum. That's why you've got so many of these once great universities that are just woke jokes. A lot of it's because a lot of their money comes from foreign sources and they cater these foreign sources as far as, you know, the type of curriculum and the type of things that they're pushing, right? But one of these, I can't remember which one, doesn't matter. They, they all have these mega donors. But one of these universities had a $100 million donation pulled back because of that travesty before Congress. That'll get their attention. Is it going to change how these colleges operate? No. No. They need to be blown up. They really do. I mean, again, anybody watch this show, you know I was... Born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, went to Iowa State. Seven, started in 75. School of Journalism. Journalism major. Uh, always loved Ohio State. And listen. Back in the mid-70s, that was, you know, a somewhat tumultuous time. And, you know, being in a large campus. Back then, it was one of the largest campuses in the world. I think we had 60-some thousand students from all over the world. So you had this melting pot from all over the world and you had people of all different stripes. And yeah, there was, you know, there was some of the, um, you know, more progressive type stuff and the, and, the, and, and the boycotts and that. But it was still very mild. And you could still have a conversation with, you know, somebody who held a more conservative view of life versus somebody that had a more, you know, progressive view of life. You could have those conversations. You did have those conversations, you know. You know, you had Mirror Lake, and around Mirror Lake, you know, they had you know the natural setting there where people would sit and they would debate these issues. You know, didn't fight, didn't yell, didn't call people stuff. No violence. Very civil, actually. Very civil. But even my beloved Ohio State today, it's it's, it's just totally gone down the toilet with all this, you know, globalist, progressive nonsense. Uh, Hamas is already now reporting that some of the 138 remaining hostages are dead. I told you last night, I've told you for two nights, you're never going to see another one of these hostages unless they have some kind of a 
of a, a, of a special forces raid that might rescue some. But they, they're not going to let any more out. Number one, it remains to be seen if any of them are still alive. But if they are, they can't let any more out because they've the, the, the terror and the things that they've done to these people, you know, the 150 or so that did get out, you know, now that time, a little time has gone by and they've been debriefed and, you know, people are trying to give them a little space. But the things they went through were just nightmarish. And Hamas doesn't want another 138 people out there telling the world what they did to them. You know, again, I don't expect to ever see one of those hostages ever come out alive. But they've already said, well, three of these people are dead. They, you know, Israel killed them in one of their bombings. That's how they're gonna, that's how they're gonna try to walk through this minefield. They're just gonna blame them. Well, Israel bombed and a bomb killed them. An Israeli bomb killed them. They're gonna blame their death on Israel. Um The Dutch birth rate has declined dramatically over the last two years. And I'm only mentioning this because this is an ongoing topic we've been dealing with now for but really a couple years. And there is really very few places in the world where the birth rate has either remained constant or has gone up. Most of your, most of your Western countries, uh, most of your major economic uh, powers have all seen a dramatic decline in birth rate. And Netherlands is another one. The EU is in talks next week to bring Ukraine into the EU. Um, the, they've got a snag, though. Good old Viktor Orban, our buddy in Hungary. He's, he's not down for Ukraine. He says... He says, they're not a democracy, they're a thonocracy. He's right. I've always told you. Remember the beginning of this of, the, of this whole conflict with Russia? I used to have to come on here every night to, to correct the propagandists in the corporate media that would talk about how we had to protect them, democracy. Ukraine was never a democracy. Number one is part of Russia for so long. And when they did kind of break away, during the breakup of the old Soviet Union, they were just a corrupt country run by strongmen. And it was Russian strongmen until 2014 when Victoria Newland, that evil witch from the State Department, ran a soft coup, deposed the Russian puppet, and put in our puppet. And he didn't last very long. He only lasted a while before they, we had to get rid of him, and then, then we put in the great Zelensky. But Orban says they're not a democracy. And they're they're gonna hold it up. So we'll see. Oh, Mandy Cohen, she's your new um head of the CDC. Remember Rochelle Walensky? She was that woman that ran the CDC during the whole COVID nightmare, right? Well, she's gone, and now you've got Mandy Cohen. Guess what Mandy Cohen said today? publicly for the world to hear. She said, you know, it's kind of getting to that time of year. I would advise all Americans to start wearing a mask again. Swear to God. 
Swear to swear to God on my Bible. I will say this. The feedback she got was not good. <laughs> By the way, just so you know, as hard as they push this uh, new booster for the fall, the COVID booster, right now it looks like about 15% of the country has been inoculated, okay? To, to be honest with you, I always thought it would maybe end up around 20. We'll see where it ends up. I, I cannot believe more than 20% of the people after all that we know now are going to put that garbage in their body. We'll see, but as of today, 15. But yeah, Mandy Cohen, the head of the CDC, is telling Americans it's time to mask up again. Okay. Washington, D.C., where they're spending all their time and money, you know, rounding up January 6th people, going after Trump, blah, blah, right? In the meanwhile, it is one of the most dangerous cities in the country. Murder rates all-time high. Carjackings, record numbers this year. You had an Uber Eats driver in D.C. Guy had two cars. He had his Uber Eats car and he had his personal, you know, his regular car, right? Good for him, yeah. Working hard, I'm sure. Got two cars. He had both of his cars stolen on the same day this week. Both of them. They took his Uber Eats car and they took his personal car. By the way, I don't know if I even talked about it just because it really didn't mean that much, but you had an FBI agent that got carjacked in D.C. about a week ago. An FBI agent got carjacked. Um, in Argentina, Malay's the new president of Argentina that has his inauguration this weekend, Sunday. And there is some scuttlebutt that Trump may go. Now, that would be interesting because Malay has been called Argentina's Trump. Very nationalistic. Don't forget Argentina's history. I mean, you're talking about the, the Perones, right? I mean, Pope Francis came from Argentina, came from that Marxist communist hellhole. Okay? Argentina's political history has been one of Marxism and communism. So it's a heck of a change now when you've got a true nationalist like Malay coming in as the president. And uh, again, there's some scuttlebutt that Trump may go to his inauguration. Now that would be something else. That would be something else. Because I guarantee, I will almost guarantee you 100% that the Biden administration is not going to send anybody. Um, oh, I saw some news clips the other day. Maybe you did too. And as soon as I saw them, I said, these would become, these would be the best campaign ads you could ever make. And you don't need to do nothing. Just play this. That's all you have to do. They have these clips, about four or five illegals that they put on camera. And everyone, thank you, Joe Biden. 
Thank you for inviting me to America. Thank you, Joe Biden. You know, got the wall in the background, got hundreds of illegals behind them. They come up to the microphone. Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you for inviting me. By the way, D.C., 131% of eligible voters are registered. Let me say that again. This is not a trick. 131% of eligible voters are registered. How can you have more than 100% of eligible voters registered? You see, this is what they've done all over the country, especially in these Democratic-controlled hellholes like D.C., Philly, Detroit, you know, like I you know, explained to you over the years, one of the ways they cheat is they, they run dirty, dirty voter rolls. They haven't removed dead people. They haven't removed people that moved. And that's how you end up with 131% of eligible voters registered when it's physically impossible to have more than 100%. And, and if somebody tells me you got 100%, that's still going to hit me with whistles and bells because really, about the best you're ever going to get in a very pro-voting type of a setup, you might get 80%. 80% is pretty good. That, that's pretty high. And in California now, toy stores, if they don't sell gender-neutral toys, the state of California is now going to find them. Every toy store has to have a section for gender-neutral toys. I got to be honest with you, I didn't even take five seconds out of my wonderful life to even go look up what a gender-neutral toy is. I don't care. And you know me, I like to have all the detail. I just I don't want to know, don't care, whatever it is. And then you got Charles Schultz, Schultz the great... Uh, man who created the Peanuts comic strip, Charlie Brown. And that wonderful story of the great Christmas classic, Charlie, A Charlie Brown Christmas. By the way, the only way you can see it, unless you've got it on a DVR, or, you know, you've got videotape, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe you got a video, a VHS of it, I don't know. But uh, unless you've got it, like, unless you've got it recorded somehow, the only place you can see it now is on Apple Plus TV. Apparently, they bought all the rights to all the Charlie Brown specials, the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, Halloween. But the Charlie Brown Christmas was the first and still the most beloved. This was created and first seen in 1965. Okay, now. You got to understand something. 1965, this was a hardcore, unquestionable Christian country. Okay? That's just a fact. People went to church. I mean, it, it, it was 65 was, uh, it was a seven at the time. Okay? I mean, this was, this was 1965. And this was Leave it to Beaver and, you know, church and, Just being blunt with you is beautiful, beautiful place to grow up. Really was. But there was a problem. 
even in 1965. And let me tell you what the problem was. The CBS had the rights. Charles Schultz had cut a deal with CBS to air it. And they got Coca-Cola to be the sponsor. Charles Schultz had a special screening for the CBS executives and the Coke executives um, sometime in the summer as they prepared to air it that Christmas season. No doubt the greatest scene in the Charlie Brown Christmas is that iconic scene where Linus got his little blanket, tells Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown said, well, well, what's Christmas all about? And Linus says, I'll tell you what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And Linus walks out of the stage with his little blanket, and he sits there, and he recites Luke 2, the Christmas story. And again, by far, one of the most powerful few minutes in television. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. It's been seen by hundreds of millions worldwide. But Charlie Brown Christmas almost didn't happen. Almost didn't happen. Because when they were done with the screening, the Coke executives looked at the CBS executives, looked at Charles Schultz, said, you know, we love it. That's great. However, I think that little piece there with Linus and Luke 2, that might be a little too preachy. You know, we're not really comfortable with that. Take that out. We're all good. Charles Schultz looked at Coke and looked at CBS. He says, listen, fellas, love you. I... Uh, would love people to see this this Christmas, but it it's not coming out. And if you want it out, you get nothing. And they caved, and the rest is history, they say. But uh, that's a, that's a great story of a guy taking a stand for his faith, and uh, in in and then again. Having some, don't forget back in those days, you only had three networks CBS, ABC, ABC. You put something like that on a major network on in Christmas time with people, tens of millions of people watching it. My goodness, man. It did help propel Charles Schultz and the whole Peanuts comics, I mean, into, you know, superstardom. But he's ready to walk away from all that. He said, if you, he said, no, 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 no. That stays in. If you take that out, you get nothing. And he all firm and uh, they caved and as I say, the rest is history. So praise God for that great testimony of Charles Schultz. Um, all right, good week before we get out of here for the weekend. Uh, don't forget, get to church. I know it's starting to get cold in a lot of places, got snow in a lot of places. Be safe, be warm, please. Uh, try to enjoy your weekend, do something fun, eat some good food, get to church. Don't forget, if you need a service, every Sunday at midnight, we put a new service up on our website, the Live Prayer Church. To, to access it, go to my website, liveprayer.com, scroll all the way down to the bottom of the homepage. At the bottom, you got some links. 
One of them says Live Prayer Church. Click on it. Takes you to our Live Prayer Church homepage. There's a new service. Goes up every Sunday at midnight. Gives you the ability, literally, to have a church service any day of the week, any hour of the day. And uh, it's usually about 35, 40 minutes long. I've told you many times, I'm not one of these three-hour preachers. I don't need to hear myself talk for three hours. You're not going to remember anything past the first 20 minutes anyway, so why would I waste my time? I'm not being mean. I'm just being honest. You know, back in preaching school, they teach you, you know, you got to make three points every sermon. And I said, okay, all right, if that's the way it's done, you know. I figured out very fast. If people can remember one point, you have won. So anyway, check it out. In the meantime, make sure you get to church. All right, before we leave for the weekend, if you never made a decision for Jesus, I want to give you a chance to do that right now because when this brief journey through life is over, all that matters is do you have a relationship with Christ? If you've never made that decision, why don't you pray with me now? Dear Lord, this night I come to you confessing my sins and asking your forgiveness. Lord, tonight I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. From this night forward, my life is yours. I surrender it to you tonight. Use me for your glory. I ask and pray in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. My friend, if you prayed, the Bible says you are saved, not because you said some words. They're just a verbal guide for what you're doing in your heart by faith. Got a book I'll send you. Won't cost you anything. Drop me an email, bkellerliveprayer.com. I'll get it out to you if you need prayer for anything. Don't hesitate to email me, bkellerliveprayer.com. All right. Love and care about you so much. Great week. Pray you have a good weekend. Stay safe from the weather. Stay warm. Get to church. Lord willing, back here to start a new week, Monday night, 11 o'clock. God bless you. What problems are you dealing with in your life right now? Do you feel like giving up? Times are hard and you're not strong. I know the answer for